This weekend, I ran 7.5 miles. Did you really? All around Rock Hill, yes. In There's one no, go. No. Yes. I could show you the evidence no. on my phone. And I did it with another right. another person, a, when, a faithful witness. Right. When this is over, I want to see the evidence on your phone. And then when you post this on Facebook, and, and likewise, I will go in and say that it's verified. That I'm telling the truth? Yeah. Justin, what's the farthest you've ever run? Run? Yeah. Like nonstop? At one time? Sure. Maybe a quarter of a mile. The length of a basketball court? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, like probably. Uh-huh. Or like when we used to run snakes at football practice. You, know, you run across the field, up five yards, back across. I might make it from the goal line to the 20 doing that. Mm. Back and forth, back and forth. And no, that that's it though. Yeah, I've been getting into running lately. I am not a runner. I like it. It's all right. Um, I run slow. What, what yeah. possesses you to run? It feels good afterwards. Yeah, that's why I got a bike. It also feels good afterwards, and your feet don't hurt. My feet really did hurt. Yeah. My calves uh, really did hurt. Like, that was actually, I run, like, so this week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, sorry, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, this is a Thursday on which I'm speaking, I've run six miles so far. I've run two miles each day. And after I run two miles, I don't really feel much, you know what I mean? But you ran seven. On a Saturday, yeah. Nonstop. Uh Uh-huh. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, did, did, is it true about hitting the wall? Like you hit the wall and then you push through and it gets easier to keep going? Yeah, yeah, or? yeah. Yeah, there's a point like that in almost every run. Like even last week I ran, a couple of days before I ran seven, I ran a 5K, I ran 3.1 just around my neighborhood. And um, even then, like two-mile mark, I'm like, oh, but then, you know, after a quarter mile or so, I'm like, oh, I can go to the end. You know what I mean? And definitely with this with the seven-miler – I was feeling good for the first couple of miles. Around three or four, I was like, "Uh," but then around the halfway point, I hit. I got my second wind, and I was pretty good right to the end. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. So uh, thanks for tuning in to the uh, Runners Podcast. That's I right. Yeah. Talking shop, man. <laughs> Justin, did you want to address before we get into our headlines a fallacious claim? Oh that my god! <laughs> on the last podcast so, that I didn't catch. So, so I'm sitting here. Uh, I don't know, Sunday, Monday, just, just looking through Twitter, and I see a video of, uh, oh man, Southern Cal's quarterback, Caleb, uh, Williams. Caleb Williams, accepting the award and talking about how, how he's going to be sitting at home while the other guys are in the playoff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy cow, Southern Cal's not in the playoff. And I totally made it sound like they are. Mm. Cause on I the thought, last podcast? Yeah, on the last podcast, because I thought they were. Right. Like, beating Utah was such a foregone conclusion in my mind for them. I had already penciled them in. I forgot right. what even transpired. The there. crazy thing is that they lost by Utah in Utah in the regular season by yep. a two-point conversion. Yep. And then they just got the doors blown like, off Like, they got served a doo-doo sandwich and, and ate it. Excuse me, <laughs> Excuse wow. me for saying this that. This is a family podcast, <laughs> Justin. That was a little graphic there. <laughs> My bad. My Justin, bad. you'll appreciate this. And one of our listeners will not appreciate this. But um, I, saw, I love how we're calling him out every time now. <laughs> I saw a tweet. Uh that's described during the Pac-12 championship, described Utah, and it said Utah is what NC State thinks they are. 
meaning Oof. the team that plays spoiler that's never really the best team or the most playoff worthy right. team in the conference <laughs> but beats the best team in the conference and wins the conference championship Incredible. or has bragging rights that's what Incredible. nc state that's what nc state really thinks they are with clemson and florida state oh man and they're not man they're that's not. accurate though that's really yeah. true it's that's true. a perfect comparison uh, I, I do need to i need to clarify uh, this this listener we're talking about i was informed not a fan he's an alum and that apparently is that much more important, and I suppose that much more devastating when he hears. Things. Is that just him trying to take shots like at us because neither one of us graduated from the schools that we're fans of? Maybe, maybe so. Maybe I, I didn't even think about that. He was being passive with you. Yeah, maybe so. Because you did. You went to Anderson University. Yeah, I did. Does I did. Anderson have football? Uh, right now, no. But they are adding it. They have a football coach. Oh. They they have a recruiting class coming in. You I think, think, you think Winthrop should have football. Uh, they should. You I think mean, so? Rock Hill is football city, man. You would have a pretty steady, like, you could just recruit the high schools and have a pretty decent, like, ju- not JUCO, but, like, no, like Division two or whatever. I mean, you, you could have a team, you know, well, it's Winthrop, so it'd be Division one, double A, or that's true, you're right, FCS you're right. now, FCS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you could have a team that's competitive with, with Wofford and Furman and, and those teams. I said they quickly. should go hire Straight Heron from Legion Academy, who coached at South Point for all those years, uh-huh. won, like, seven straight championships with DK, uh, right. Darian Kendrick, and all those guys. They should just go hire him. You know what I mean? And then he can. It's recruit, not a bad plan. And then he can recruit the Rock Hill schools well. You know, because the Rock Hill schools have can't say that really good talent. I mean, you're not going to get the four and five star kids that come into Rock True. Hill schools. They're still going to go to Clemson, South Carolina, right? Even like out of state schools. But if you just really hammered at recruiting yep. the two and three star kids. Instead of going off to – just tell them, don't go off to Clemson and get lost in the weeds. Come to Winthrop and do really well. Maybe transfer portal yourself out in a couple of sure, you know, sure. a couple of years or something like that. I think you could get some good players. But, you know, Winthrop being the school that it is, I mean, they'll, they'll probably never do that. You don't think so? But, but I mean, they should. They yeah. totally should. They should. On, on college football, since we're on the subject, yeah. Justin, you wanted to talk about something, a headline that happened earlier this yeah, week. Yeah, man. Earlier this week, uh, Sunday, news came out about Mike Leach, the, the football coach at Mississippi State that he had had a personal health emergency and was being transported to the hospital. Uh, as, as news kind of came out later that day, it turns out it was a pretty dire situation. He had had a heart attack. Um, as they tried to transport him to the, the big state hospital, uh, he actually um, he didn't die, but he had uh, his heart attack was so severe that it cut off oxygen to the brain, all that kind of stuff. Um, he was in a, I guess, a, his own life support, and his family made the decision to uh, end life support, and Mike Leach died. Yeah. Uh, that news came out, I guess, Tuesday morning. Dude, it just, it, it's a headline, but it put me in a weird headspace. Um, like this guy that I've, that I've never met, um, I just had this great respect for, but just because the way he interacted with people, um, he seemed like a genuinely good guy. I told people, on and on and on, just that Mike Leach was my favorite coach, maybe besides Steve Spurrier. I had a special place in my heart for Steve Spurrier because he coached South Carolina. But, I mean, Mike Leach is a guy who who went through college. He went to law school. He became a lawyer. And he's just like, yeah, I want to coach football. <laughs> I mean, it's just a it's a crazy story. And everywhere you look, people are telling these great stories about him. Um, I saw one. Uh, I believe this was – might have been a Lincoln Riley story. Anyway, um, Leach is in his office just – working on stuff, and whichever assistant coach it was was in the office with him. Leach takes a phone call and uh, talks for about 30 minutes, drops the call, calls back, 
talks another 30 minutes just about random stuff. And he hangs up, and, and the coach is like, uh, Coach, who, who was that? And Mike Leach answers back, and it was the wrong number. <laughs> just the just the kind of guy who would talk to anybody and who had a who had who made time for anyone. I mean, people were he was famous for answering questions about marriage in post game press conferences. Like people would ask for marriage advice. Um, he uh, he taught when he was at Washington State. He taught a, a course on leadership. Yeah, he did. I forgot about class. that. Yeah, yeah. It just man, it it got me into this funk because, like, I mean, he's. He coached a win over Ole Miss, an upset win over Ole Miss, what, oh, two yeah. weeks ago, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And, and man, he's, he's gone. Yeah, and, uh, Black Friday, that was. Yeah. Uh, it just it got me thinking, man, how do we get sad over, over people that, that we don't know? How do, or maybe even more so, how do people that we don't know have an impact on us? Right. It was just, just a weird thing. I definitely think there's a genuineness and an ingenuous to both of these things because I think that – uh, I think that because you're not super broken up about it and stuff like that, you are genuinely like, oh man, I like to watch this guy yeah. from afar. And I, I do think I, I commented on this recently with the passing of somebody that I felt like um, it's like a new religious rich ritual among uh, our among our culture right now, our irreligious culture, yeah. which is uh, when someone dies to pay homage to them in a way that yeah. makes you feel better about yourself. It's like this weird uh, new. It's like this weird new sacrament, you know, of this yeah. religion that we live Oh, that's in. fascinating because yeah, we do that. Yeah, because people do that. Yeah. Like the queen dies, and there are certain people that get really affected by that. England, you know, certain yeah. people in the U.K., as she was queen over the U.K., certain people even in Canada, as they have, you know, Canadians. And certain people, you know, have that kind of – but I see people that, like, I went to high school with that we've never cared about the queen oh, once yeah. in our lives. America, ever. like, grinded to a halt. Right. Ground? And there are people that can – you can be – I'm not saying no – I'm not saying you can't be affected by a celebrity death. I'm just saying – I know that there's lots of people that just do it because they want to feel better about their lives by posting a very sanctimonious. Is that the right word? that they want to be sanctimonious in yeah. posting a picture yeah. about like uh, how affected they are by the loss of anyone and any any celebrity. It's it's a sacrament right now of our weird religion. But I don't think that's what you're doing. And so right, I think sure. there is a way to really get affected by that. Like uh, there are certain celebrities, there are certain people uh, that when they pass, I'll probably be like, man, they had a relatively profound impact on my life I'm thinking more authors I've read uh, professors I've had but if Dabo Sweeney died I'd probably think oh man that guy was a part of my life to some degree <laughs> right. for you know let's say he dies in sure. 10 years for 30 years he he was a, a part of my life you know what I mean I don't know it just it it was weird man it's the, the guy's just a fixture of, of college football and um, yeah just I why did they call him the pirate the pi- I honestly don't know. I know he's got a book or working on a book. I guess he's kind of like a co-author and had somebody mm-hmm. actually write with him uh, called Swing Your Sword. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't know about what that. What a guy. Either. Might have just been his personality. He's a very know. interesting – he was a very interesting person. Well, one more one more story real quick that I heard because it's just it's, – it's incredible. He was out recruiting, and he was at a high school with a football coach at the high school – they're talking back and forth about how much they love dogs and that kind of stuff. And the high school coach is telling them all about his dog that he has at the house. And as they're actually leaving to go see this recruit play a different sport, I guess, I don't know. They were going on the road to visit somebody. Uh, Leach says, hey, let's let's make a detour. And the high school coach is like, well, where do you want to go? He says, we're, we're going to go to your house, man. I want to see your dog. Like, you, you told me all about your dog. Let's go see your dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just a – 
just an incredible thing, man. I don't know. The world's going to be a different place without Mike Leach, and I think it was better for him. I, the world is better for him having been here. Right. So Anyway, we can, the, we can move on from the Mike Leach talk. Promoted the defensive coordinator to be the new head coach there yeah, at Mississippi that. State. Saw that. Uh, never mind. I'm gonna, not going to say anything there. Okay, go ahead. On a different note, I saw a headline today, Justin, that I wanted to talk about. Did you? I'm writing an article in a similar vein, which is why this stroke, which is why this uh, struck my uh, struck a chord with me. But Justin, the the headline of this article: Worker U.S. U.S. That is United States worker product productivity has tanked this year. What gives? Headline in Fox Business. Thesis kind of right there up at the start of the article: American workers aren't getting nearly as much done this year as they used to. And it goes on to talk about how uh, certain older employees in a lot of companies left uh, or took early retirement around the time of COVID, just feeling like they didn't want to work in a kind of an unsettled, uncertain world, unhealthy world. Then they're not really as quick to come back because they want to just spend time with their family or not get sick, that sort of thing. So now these young workers are now the front lines of a lot of uh, right. companies and they're not getting as much done work productivity let's see it's in one of the first paragraphs uh, US labor produ- US labor productivity plunged first quarter in the largest decline since 1947 Jeez. and then uh, the last sentence there the third quarter data indicates year-over-year output saw three consecutive declines for the first time since 1982 so you're talking about 40 to 80 years uh, you know in the makings worth of uh, of lack of productivity among people working uh, being reported by businesses, so I thought this was interesting. The article hints at what I what I just discussed. Younger people don't want to work as hard. Younger people aren't going to work. Some companies aren't uh, aren't in aren't being able to work. You know, are, are um, some employees don't want to go back to work. Right. Some companies are having trouble hiring. Many companies are having trouble hiring. But they get it, it, they, the article gets a little bit ominous about how this is not going to help if there's a recession. Uh, people feeling hopeless and helpless. Companies not feeling. Um, feeling scared about this because people aren't working hard when they're there. And uh, this headline struck a chord with me. Justin, when you saw this headline just a few moments ago, what, was, what were some of your first reactions? Uh, my first thought was, you know, what's the metric? How are we gauging this? Because um, that's an interesting interesting topic is that, you know, the, the productivity is so low. Um, as I was reading it, though, reading it a little bit right now, it looks like it's just a domino effect, man. Like mm-hmm. um, a domino effect of continuing – helplessness and hopelessness the the older folks stayed home more workload is put on the younger folks who don't necessarily have quite the institutional knowledge they don't want to stay quite as long um man just things piled up well and they even said um there's a line in the article where it says that uh business business owners admit that they were expecting something like this to happen as far as people not working as hard or working as well uh-huh. in their jobs and covid just sort of sped it up well because a lot of people stayed home from work a lot of older people yeah. didn't go back to work do you, do you think there's something to it too that over the last couple of years we've maybe experienced something like we've had this big paradigm shift maybe of what's important mm. in life and like you know companies for a long time like the value is like people being expected or push towards working 12, 14, 16 hour days. I mean, that's, that's the premise in almost every kids movie I watched growing up is that the dad works way too much. Uh Right. And so like, there's this expectation of working, 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 and maybe we just don't value that same kind of thing. Is that a bad thing? We made an episode, we we had an episode earlier this season where we talked about work from home 
I do think this is probably an article or an idea that people are going to point to to say work from home is bad. And I think that really what this this doesn't necess- this, this doesn't necessitate work from home being bad, but it does point to the problem with a lot of people have with work from home is the problem that's happening in this worker production being at an all time low, which is that some people it seems just don't want to work hard when they're at work, and so when they get to stay home. Like you're like like kind of what you're hitting at, but when they want to stay home, they don't work as hard, and they're at home, so they right. can even not work as hard. But I think you're right. I think that COVID slash work from home did uh, end up making people th- see the value of time with their family, being yeah. home at five instead of seven, and yeah. things like that. So I think you hit on a on a true thing there. I think too, and this is sort of a an article I'm writing that will come out in the in the new year with a website that I'm I'm publishing it with or whatever. But shameless it's, uh, plug. That's right. I'll, we'll plug it again once it comes out. Um, it's just sort of talking about the Christian ethic of hard work yeah. because right now in the vein of this worker production being at an all-time low, people who are working but not working as well or as hard, um, you have this trending all over social media platforms like TikTok and Twitter, phrases like quiet quitting. You've heard of quiet quitting? Oh, yeah. Act your wage. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of act your wage? Oh, act your wage. I hadn't heard that one. I like act, that. Though. Act your wage is <laughs> funny because, you know, obviously the idea of like I get paid – you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get. You know, I, I get paid like a child, which should get paid. So I'm gonna work like a child. You know what I mean? That's that's interesting. Um, these phrases are giving people this idea or a license to, I'm not gonna work as hard, right? I'm gonna quiet quit. I'm just gonna sit at home or even in my office and not actually get anything done. And I think it's actually created uh, what's happening right now. And I think you see this in this article. What this article points out is a work-life imbalance. That in the name of work-life balance or actual wage, I'm not gonna work. For a, yeah. uh, I'm not going to work for a dollar when I get paid a dime, things like yeah. that. Uh, it's created work-life imbalance where people don't work 40-hour weeks when they're paid to work 40-hour weeks. They so an overcorrection. 30. Right, an overcorrection. Um, I think that's what you're seeing, and I think that's what this article doesn't diagnose. They don't say it. They merely comment on what's happening. But I think that's what's happening in this article. I think that's the source Dude, behind it. So that's that's really fascinating, though, the, the act your wage. I want to clarify. I did say I like it. I meant I like the catchiness of the I think slogan. it's clever, yeah. But, yeah, but so, like, that's a complete reversal of everything that I was taught growing up. Like, I was taught it doesn't matter what your job is, what you're paid. Make yourself an asset that the boss doesn't want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. You know, like – Make yourself so valuable that you're like, we got to do whatever we can to keep them. Right. If you're making a dollar and you want to make $5, put in $5 worth of work. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I mean, that's uh, – and, and that's that's even something that I've experienced in my life, dude. Like, um, I was essentially a nobody at, at a job, and I put in extra hours and stayed longer and did whatever I could to make myself useful. And then the next thing I know, I'm – I don't want to say I was important, but I I held a a title that was relatively important. I was asked to do a lot of different things, and I made more money than I had been making. Christians have a unique opportunity in this moment to be hard workers who work unto the Lord. That's what Paul tells us to do. Work not as to man, but unto the Lord. They have a unique opportunity, and then they will experience blessing of from their work of like hey you're a hard worker i'd like to raise your salary you know i'd like to recognize your hard work and even even if you don't ever experience that like it's not fruitless to still put in you bring the lord glory right you work for the lord's glory that's why we work unto the lord not to man and there's still certainly a balance there like you don't want to again neglect your family or anything because you're you're working so hard but when you're at work you should be working hard right Right? I don't know. That's that's really interesting. Like, I do have some sympathy to the workers who, like, the article talks about um, they're taking on, like, an extra workload 
and they think it's for a short time. Right. But the company can't fill the, the extra position, so they just cancel the or listing just, altogether. Right, right, right. Yeah, and so, like, that's why some of the productivity drops, because people just get depressed, and they, they don't see, uh, as the article said, the, the cavalry is not coming. Uh-huh. Like, like uh, backup is not on the way. Right. And so then some of that contributes to it. But, man, even so, like, I think there's this individualistic idea that we have, like, we're the only ones who are experiencing the bad thing. Mm-hmm. And so we quiet quit or whatever, not realizing that everybody is experiencing that same struggle. Right. And the best thing we can do is try to lift each other up. Right. Especially as Christians, live up to that ideal of uh, working as hard as you can for God's glory. If for no other reason than maybe you're able to be a witness in that. Right. Yep. Amen. We'll circle back to this whenever my article drops. Yeah, I'm excited Shameless about that. plug. Yeah. Justin, it's that time of year. Justin, how um, how uh, triggered do you get when someone says happy holidays to you? Oh, man, I want to fight. I, saw, I did see a hilarious <laughs> oh, meme where it was like, I'm just going to say this because I think it's funny. It was like boomers be like, nobody wants to work hard these days. I walked uphill both ways in the snow to get to school. And then it's like... But boomers, when someone when the Starbucks employee says "Happy Holidays," and then it's a rage person raging, you're like, I'm being oppressed or whatever. Yeah, right? I'm not as sensitive to the Happy Holidays thing. I mean, I no. think see, I'm not as sensitive to it though because I just think like on a logic base, I'm like, well, if you say it pre-Thanksgiving, there's two holidays, right? Like, it's plural, and then if you say it around Christmas, oh, there's still a New Year's. Yeah, you know, still it New still Year's. could mean sure. something. Sure. Now, if you're gonna be like, I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to say Christmas. Like that, that is a yeah. silly thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. The companies do actually take that stance. But yeah. uh, briefly, Justin, do you do Santa? Uh, you have a child. I do have a child. Yeah, we've talked about that. Do I, you want to say the thing? Yeah. What thing? Do what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I you got have one on the way. Yeah, so we've got one, and we've got one on the way. Yeah, Th- hey, thanks for clarifying that. Although your voice carries so much, even in your whisper, I imagine it picked up on the audio. So I should, I should so, watch yeah. what I said. <laughs> no, I no, no, no. You're good, Justin. Um, um, so, do you do Santa? Uh, we will. Yeah. Yeah. Do you hate your kids? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> no, kidding. No. Why do you do? So? Well, no, tell me about that. Um, so we're going to talk briefly about yeah, we, we will. Christmas traditions. So, so Santa Claus was a thing for my brother and I as we were growing up. I just said my brother and I. Santa Claus was a thing for my brother and me as we were growing up. That's a real pet peeve of mine, and I just committed that incorrect thing. Anyway, uh, Santa Claus was a thing for my brother and me uh, growing up. Um, In my mind, it gave us an appreciation um, not asking for the big things all year. I didn't understand that I was very privileged growing up. I didn't get it. Um, Privileged how? Financially? uh, Yeah, like we we had... we were better off than I realized. Right. I mean, like we weren't rich or anything, but we were not poor by any means. Um, Santa Claus was a, 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 a an ability for my parents to give us things that we wanted that they didn't want us to know that they could give us. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, so, like, it was their way of spoiling us without letting us feel like we could just have whatever we wanted. Right. Um, and, you know, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. Um, I will tell you that when I when I found out the, the truth, um, it actually gave me more appreciation for my parents. Like, holy cow, look what they did. Um, look how much, like, they, they, they loved us, I guess, like the way they tried to, to give us everything we wanted. Um, 
Are you a, are you an anti Santa Claus guy? I'm not like an anti Santa Claus guy. I'm just not going to do it. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think. Do you hate your kids <laughs> or your no. future kids? <laughs> yes. I'm still going to get them gifts. We're still going to do gifts, and they're going to know who to ask for gifts. That's the thing. Yeah. They're going to know who to ask for gifts. So I had a, a a mentor of mine for a while used to say like, "That's me. I should be getting that credit." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I you know I don't want them to know. They don't they don't need to be thinking some fat man in the sky. Like that's me. Yeah. And uh, I can see some of that. Uh, I, I think it's worded poorly, you know what I mean. Sure. But I can understand the heart behind it when you know the individual. That, like when you when you know that that person's what he's behind and that, that sort of thing. So I'm somewhere on that too. And I'm also and I'm somewhere on. I've heard people be like, "You really want to lie to your kids for 12 years?" You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're just going to see you as a liar. And I don't know that that's completely yeah. true. But I can see some of that. I'm somewhere in the middle of both of those. I, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm not fully bought into either. Tell me this. Tell me this. When a kid goes to Disney World. Um, yeah, when a kid goes to Disney World, uh, three, four years old, and they see Mickey Mouse right. standing there, like they think that's Mickey Mouse. Right? Are we lying to them? <laughs> are we engaging in like childhood? Right. Or when they go to the mall and, and they see a Santa? No, I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. So, um, I think there's there's probably some good and bad, some pros and cons either way. The one thing I will say is, I don't want to be the parent who has a has a nine or ten year old asking the question, and then I'm like lying to them openly right like once they start like really yeah. kind of figuring it out yeah en- engaging yeah, in the suspicious. fantasy is one thing uh-huh. um, but then trying to perpetuate it beyond a time when it's helpful i think I that think i find dangerous. santa most unhelpful simply because of the cheesy line jesus is the reason for the season like cheesy as that may be it's true and i think we start to confuse that a little bit when we bring santa into the mix mm-hmm. and stuff like that I think that's probably my chief reason why I'm not going to do it. Uh-huh. I want my kids to have a relationship with me that we talk about gifts together. They ask me for gifts. Like, I want that. I don't want to lie to my kids for 12 years, but I don't, I'm not fully sure. on, like, you're lying to your kids. Like, I'm not being dogmatic about it, but I, I do see the truths in both of those things. But ultimately, I'm just like, I don't want to add another thing that they have to think about with Christmas. I just want them to think about the incarnation. And the fact that we celebrated then. You know what I mean? Interesting. That was a. Did you ever. Let me ask you this. And this is on topic. Bear with me. Were you ever the guy who. Remind me, when did you become a believer? How old were you? Uh, like 16, 17. 16, 17. Did y'all ever do the Jesus Juke kind of thing? Do you do, you do that today? Like, all right, so Jesus Juke, we would be like. Somebody would walk into youth group and they'd be like, man, I just had like the worst day ever. It'll be like, oh, really? Did you like get nailed to a cross and die? Because that's, right, that's, that's what right. Jesus did. <laughs> like, just just make people feel terrible. That's right, like, that's right. just always throw Jesus at them in like this almost like combative way. It was right, always right. a joke, but um, man, that's 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 what you're doing to me right now. I mean, you're throwing me the Jesus juke. <laughs> I don't that's I don't right. want people. You I don't want my kids to think about Santa Claus. I want them to think about Jesus, man. Jesus. That's what I don't want. But I don't think that every kid, because I grew up doing yeah. Santa. And I don't, to this day, get confused about what yep. Christmas is about. And yep. I really like the Christmas movies that have Santa in them. Like, they're some yep. of my favorite Christmas movies. You know what I mean? So it's like, yep. um, like I'm not, and I don't think that your kids necessarily are going to grow up confused about it. It's just like, uh, that's one more wrinkle I don't want to add into the mix. Yep. Because uh, I don't think I'm going to be the best parent. I don't think I'm going to be a great parent. I don't think I'm going to be... I don't think I'm the smartest person. I don't think I'm the best person. So I want to do as simple a job as I can to <laughs> tell my kids they need to believe in Jesus. I'm going to take all the hard work out of it. You know what I mean? That's fair. I, I have I have heard people talk about the the fear of the the confusion in the future and like, well, right. if my parents were weren't telling the truth about Santa, are they right. telling the truth about Jesus and that kind of stuff? Right. I could I could see that. What do you um so 
other than Santa, what are some of your other Christmas tr- things that you like to do? Uh, man, my favorite part of Christmas is just the families, family get-togethers. Um, I'm a big uh, game player, like not not gaming, like online gaming, <laughs> some World of Warcraft or something. Not there's anything wrong with that. Um, <laughs> no, um, I like the board games. I like getting around the table with family that we mm-hmm. hadn't seen in a while and just laughing and having a good time. Um, Have you seen the Seinfeld episode? Not that there's anything wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, that's the that's first great. thing that popped into my head. <laughs> let the, let yeah. the listener understand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I really like really like those traditions and just, uh, man, having a good my time. My family always did uh, Christmas Eve reel up. Yeah. So we'd like watch a movie and we'd do finger foods. And, it oh, was, nice. and then Christmas morning we wouldn't do a big breakfast or even like a big lunch on Christmas Day. We'd do like the presents and then we'd go about our business. You know what I mean? But really? we did a big thing on Christmas Eve. Really? Yeah, yeah really. we still do. Are you, a, are you a gift giver? Do you like giving gifts? I do. I'm not the best gift giver. I forget things to get, like good ideas. And I, I'm not the best gift receiver either. I don't really know. I wish I was one of those people that was, like, really excited when I got, like, a gift. Even, like, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't get that animated about, like, thank you. Oh, my gosh. I just don't think it comes across yeah. genuine, so I don't do it. For me. Plenty of people, like, you feel like a hero when you give them yeah. a gift, and it makes you feel so, real good. So my wife, my wonderful, just perfect wife, uh, her, one of her love languages is gifts, and more specifically receiving gifts. Like, she just feels so loved when somebody gives her something. Mm. Um, my parents talk about how she's their favorite person to give a gift to, because even if it's, like, going back to earlier in the episode a doo-doo sandwich like just the, the look of joy on her face is We're just incredible censor this <laughs> we, we might um so i wonder if the listener will think that you censored me saying something else and just put doo-doo over it <laughs> anyway anyway that's, that's not right. what happened um so uh i'm i'm a big gift giver i love giving uh maybe a little bit to my detriment i don't like receiving gifts oh yeah i don't like people ask me what i want and I can't give a Christmas list. Yeah, I struggle to know what's like, it. It feels like you're giving somebody a shopping list, right? Right. Like, Especially when you get to, like, our age, where we don't want, like, a... I appreciate that you said our age there. I appreciate that. Well, Justin, you know, I mean, you, know. you might be about to die, but yeah. I've still got some years left in me. <laughs> uh, like, when you get to our age, or, like, the age of adultness, where, like... Like, this year I asked for, like, a, a, like a polo, like a Clemson polo, yeah. and, like, some shorts for running. Like, I didn't ask for the Tonka truck or for, you know what I mean? Like, all these. No, no Tonka trucks, dude? Come on. <laughs> Not this year. I asked for a Tonka truck. Tonka truck. <laughs> Specifically Say because there's a guy that's fast. Yeah, there's a guy later in South Carolina named Tonka. Really? Like a little Tonka truck. Is he in the transfer portal, too? I hope not. We hadn't been hit that hard this year. Yeah, except for your two best players not named Spencer Rattler. I mean, <laughs> very talented, not very productive so far in their careers. So, Well, one of them was injured a whole bunch, Marshawn Lloyd. Right, right, right. right. So, you know, we'll, we'll, you're we'll see like how that You're losing like 67% of your offensive, like your rushing production between Jaheim Bell and uh, Marshawn Lloyd. But it wasn't productive production. That's true. That's you know, like, <laughs> it's not that, like they so have that, a thousand yard rushers. That, that article that we shared that could also apply to the South Carolina backfield. Just no productivity. Tough. The lowest productivity since 1938 or whatever you said. Tough. You think Rattler's coming back? Uh, I think so. I think Do you, he will. Did your family grow up doing anything for New Year's? Mine, mine didn't. Really. Man, we, we just... always had a big, a big get together. Whether it was at our house, like my parents were in this friend group. Uh, at the church, we would always have some big New Year's thing going on. Yeah, we would do like we would do lunch, but we yeah. wouldn't do too much New Year's Eve. As as you know, people who might be a little older than me 
would real. would would understand like they they might have lived through Y two K. Do you remember Y two K? Like the Great Depression. You're pretty old. So. <laughs> do, do you remember Y two K? I've heard of it. Yeah. I mean, I was you've alive. heard of it. Oh my gosh, I was alive okay. when it happened, but so, I wasn't aware of it. So I was nine years old. I yeah, I turned ten that year, so I was nine <laughs> years old. That's my most memorable uh, New Year's experience. Uh, because I remember one of my mom's friends sitting on the couch. They were talking about what was going to happen when the clock hit midnight. You know, there's all these fears. <laughs> and she, I remember her saying, I think we're all going to rapture. Good night. And her her husband was in the bathroom, and her oldest daughter was like, Daddy, hurry, I don't want a rapture without you. Well, that's sweet. And I didn't know what the rapture was, Alan. Right. So I thought that meant, like, at midnight, all our skeletons were just going to be sitting on the couches and stuff and we were going to be gone. I didn't know what it meant. That's like a great New Year's. It'd be a great movie. Somebody should talk to Kirk Cameron about that. That's just the Left Behind series. Yeah. Or New Year's Rapture. Y2 Rapture. Y2, Y2 Rapture. Oh, man. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Classic anyway. times. Do you, do you have anything you're looking forward to specifically this holiday season? Excuse me. Christmas season. Yeah. I'm about to get triggered. Yeah. Some of our older, some of our more seasoned listeners, yeah. even older than you, Justin. Yeah. They're going to get upset. If they can still hear, unless they need aids. <laughs> no, all the, same, all the same stuff as you. This, this, will, be a good holi- this will be a good holiday season, uh, the both of them. A good Christmas, mm-hmm. good Christmas season. My, my apologies to the triggered listener. Yeah. Um, it used to be a New Year's tradition for me to watch the college football playoff as a participant. But, you know, two years year. now, two years. I'm, not, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still not used to it. <laughs> I mean, if, if y'all don't go to the portal, things aren't looking good for next year either. Get out of town. No. We'll still win the ACC. You're going to be paper thin. Well, I don't know. Florida State's going to be really good next year. Yep. Uh, they were really good this year. I mean, they lost a few games, unfortunately. And they got Jaheim Bell, actually. Did you see that? Yeah, I mean, it's not like that's going to change the game entirely. Like, oh, he's one of our best players. It's not going to change anything when he goes to Florida State. I mean, they already had a good offense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, and uh, and their quarterback is the is legit. That's what's yeah. going to be the, the killer. True. Um, yeah, it hit us. It hit every Clemson fan, like, last week. Like, we're going to have to play Florida State twice next year. Oh. Because there's no more divisions in oh, the ACC. that's next year. So, even if we beat... Florida State at home because it's in it's in you know Death Valley it's in Memorial Stadium so even if we beat Florida State like we have to play them again in the ACC championship in all likelihood unless they drop an extra game or something and is that your headache maybe for, for today yeah. no I didn't yeah so I didn't really have a <laughs> yeah. headache yeah me neither me I felt neither. like there was something else I wanted to talk about yeah that's my headache then yeah we have, I'm gonna have to play Florida State yeah. twice next year and, they, and they're gonna be real good yeah. um and it's probably gonna be the case that one of us wins the first matchup and the other one wins the next and. You know, um, Florida State being good, like you might, uh, maybe there'll be two ACC cha- teams in the playoff next year. Maybe it'll be a little Florida Bama, or uh, sorry, Bama Georgia situation. You heard it here first. There will be two ACC teams in the playoff, and one of them will year. not be NC State. Yep. <laughs> I won't. Relax. I won't make that mistake. Again. Everybody, cool it yeah. on NC yeah. State. Yeah. I saw South Carolina's in the Devin Leary sweepstakes. I hope not. For, There's no reason. Well, with the potential that Spencer Rattler leaves. No, I we got we got Luke Doty. We don't we don't need Leary. You don't think so? No, get out of town. He's not better than Doty? No. No. Yeah, Clemson's He's a be, statue. Clemson's going to be real good next year. The, the, if I, I, I think that we're going to be really good without going to the portal. I do think if we go to the portal, we really need to get a seasoned defensive lineman, just one or two starter types, because we're bringing in a, an amazing defensive line class. I mean, we're bringing in some of the best defensive linemen where, in the class. Where are you guys going to be in terms of scholarship limit? What do you mean? Like, are you going to you have your 85 – Scholarship? Players? Oh, you mean is everybody going to get a scholarship? Like, are we going like, to fill like it up? all your all your walk-ons are going to get scholarships? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we do have twenty-nine players potentially leaving between graduation and 
the NFL and the portal. Um, and we're, we're bringing in like 21 in this class or 23 in this class, so we will probably have a few. That's not that I bad. saw rumblings on Twitter last week. Uh, or sorry, this week, on Tuesday. I saw rumors on Twitter from an insider kind of guy with Clemson, fifth quarter. Do you know that group? Yeah. They're kind of like yeah, yeah. rivals and stuff like that. So fifth quarter, Clemson's account said that he had heard that we have a verbal commit from somebody in the transfer portal and that somebody notable uh, is returning for the 2023 season. Somebody, oh. maybe that be... Brian Brisset, maybe that'd yeah. be Xavier Thomas, somebody yeah. notable. Probably not Brisset. I saw him big boarded at ten. Oh really? Yeah, ten on Mel Kuyper's big board or Todd McShay. One I understand why he didn't have the the production this year. Well, he was sick. But, he yeah. had the his sister pass away. Yeah. So um, I think that we probably need to dip into the portal to get like um, a season defensive end, maybe if especially if Xavier Thomas doesn't come back. Um, Maybe linebacker, but I think our linebacker. I think our team's gonna be good. We might not be the the deepest team. It might be like this year where if we have a week where we have like five or six injuries, yeah. we get kind of roasted yeah. like the Wake Forest did to us because we yeah. we were down six guys against Wake Forest. And obviously, their offense went out. What so. would it be like to to say we got roasted and still win the game? South Carolina fans may never know. Tennessee kind of roasted you, and you won. I mean, but it wasn't a close. It game. wasn't very close. No, no. like. Well, Justin, Alan, <laughs> have you enjoyed this opportunity to be back at it? <laughs>